You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This is Luke Vanderlinden, Vice President of Membership at the Retail and Hospitality Information Sharing and Analysis Center. And you're about to hear the RHI SAC Podcast. Well, summer's almost over, at least for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. And while we don't quite feel that nip in the air yet, it's never too early for those of us in the retail world to start thinking about the holidays. Oh, and I'm not talking about Christmas or Halloween or even Black Friday. No, I'm thinking about the month that should be celebrated universally, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Every October since 2004 has been dedicated to raising awareness about the importance of cybersecurity, which makes this the 20th annual Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So how does one celebrate Cybersecurity Awareness Month? Well, individuals are encouraged to do things like use stronger passwords, and by the way, do not reuse passwords and use a password manager instead of trying to remember them. Turn on multi-factor authentication on all of your accounts. Learn how to recognize and report phishing. And when your computer or phone prompts you, keep that software updated. Companies and our retail and hospitality members, celebrating means educating their employees, from office workers to fulfillment and warehouse team members to frontline associates on what they should watch out for as the first line of cybersecurity defense at their companies. I will be joined in this episode by Jay Banks, Senior Information Security Analyst for IT Risk and Compliance at Dick's Sporting Goods, to talk about their security awareness program. So grab your pumpkin spice latte and celebrate Cybersecurity Awareness Month with us. Also, you've heard me for the last couple of weeks talk about the SEC's newly announced rules on cybersecurity and corporate governance. Well, finally, I brought someone on the podcast who knows what they're talking about. I'll be joined by Christian Beckner, Vice President of Retail Technology and Cybersecurity at the National Retail Federation. The NRF is a great partner of the Retail and Hospitality ISAC, and Christian's been working on this issue since the SEC announced they were working on it many months ago. He'll give us the inside scoop and what the new rules mean for CISOs and cybersecurity professionals. If all this sounds great, but your company isn't yet a member of the RHISAC, what are you waiting for? Go to rhisac.org join to learn more and to start the process. Or if you simply want to tell us something on your mind on the topic of cybersecurity and retail and hospitality would be preferred, shoot us an email at podcast at rhisac.org, or if you're a member, hit me up on Slack or Member Exchange. All right, we are now joined by Jay Banks, Senior Information Security Analyst for IT Risk and Compliance for Dick's Sporting Goods. Jay, welcome to the RHISAC podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Sure, of course. So uh, tell me, what does a senior information security analyst for IT risk and compliance at Dick Sporting Goods do all day long? What keeps you busy? All right. Well, uh, a lot. I'll, I'll start right there. So first, I focus mainly on the security awareness. So I'm a security awareness lead, but acting as that security awareness lead, it, it comes with a lot of different responsibilities. So security awareness training, always annual security awareness training. Uh, I do phishing simulations, um, cybersecurity awareness month planning and coordination, uh, cybersecurity communications to all employees, all tech employees, if there are specific groups that need specific trainings or specific uh, awareness stuff. 
I distribute that stuff. And then um, our new hire and intern orientation and training uh, specifically for tech and our cybersecurity area. Um, I'm kind of the spokesperson for that. And then uh, a lot more smaller things. Uh, we did a Capture the Flag event th uh, this year. Um, our technology development program, I helped to kind of work in our cybersecurity area to, to get that up and running. Um, we're starting a SharePoint Knowledge Hub, getting that built and stuff. And then um, we're really doing kind of an over overall rebrand right now in our cybersecurity area. So really, really involved in that and um, getting that communicated to, to the overall company and everything. So an internal rebrand of, of, uh, of the awareness effort is what, uh, what you're after. So, so that's interesting. So how, how did you get to this point in your career and focus so, on, so much on security awareness? That is one of my favorite questions. So my, my background is originally uh, management information systems, so more on the business analysis and project management side. Um, and so when I started my career, I was a business analyst, and I did that for probably six or seven years um, and just hopped around to different places. And I, I actually ended up in business continuity and disaster recovery. Oh, wow. uh, and at my previous organization, I was there doing that and they moved that. And of course, that's in the cybersecurity realm as well. So I was more of a product owner, um, business analysis in that realm. And from there, uh, I kind of started getting little tasks like when it came to phishing stuff and security awareness stuff. And I just had a few conversations with my manager. He was like, you're actually pretty good at this. Um, I know this is what you do, but um, looks like you got you know, two choices for your career path. You can continue the business analysis, product ownership, product management role, or you can come on our side and, and start doing some cybersecurity stuff. And that's really what I enjoy doing. Um, so I told him, yes, I started doing it. And I've probably only been doing it for about four or five years now, but I've learned so much in that time. And just being able to go right in and, and dig right in and start doing it, it really helped me out a lot in learning. And then I've had some great, you know, managers and mentors and everything that kind of helped me and really helped me in my growth. Do you find that security awareness is something that's innate? Like you're just, you're born with it or you're not? And, and if you're not, is it difficult to teach? I mean, this is what you do. You have to convince these people who aren't as aware and aren't as, as uh, on top of things. I'll say my role specifically, I'm conversational. I like to talk to people. I like to, to do stuff like this. And being able to have the, that commun those communication skills in a role like mine where you have to communicate about cybersecurity awareness and um, make sure that people are doing the right thing, being that first line of defense, because that's what, the, that's what you're, you're, you are. You're that first line of defense before people come and in, in try to attack your company. So um, being able to speak to people and let them know and say it in a good way where they understand it um, is really, really important. I, I don't know if it's necessarily something you're born with or you develop, but uh, I do think it's something that you have to kind of have um, because I, know, I do know a lot of people that um, are in different realms that wouldn't necessarily excel at what specifically I do. Uh, so I think it does take a certain type of person. But there are also a lot of other roles within cybersecurity that I know that I couldn't do, right? So um, it, it totally depends on what role we're talking about and really how you are as a person. We do, we do talk a lot about career paths uh, in cybersecurity because it's such a young field relatively that no one really, you know, when they were kids said, I'm going to work in cybersecurity when I grow up because it's, it's so young. So uh, next month, October, next month when this episode drops, uh, uh, is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Uh, and it has been for quite some time now. Uh, let let us know a little bit more about what that means and and for you and and just for the industry as a whole. 
Yeah. So specifically in October, like you said, it's, it's just a dedicated month for companies to work uh, together to raise awareness about the importance of cybersecurity. Uh, so, for example, you know, last year, a lot of a lot of the stuff that we did was just sharing information through infographics, videos and on different topics phishing, password security, mobile security, all these different type of things just to inform our employees about how important this stuff is and how to combat these things, right? And um, one, of, one of the biggest things is making it digestible for people to, to be able to take a quick look at something and say, hey, I understand that. Um, so that, you know, if they see something, if they see a threat, that they say something about it, right? So I think that the, the importance of Cybersecurity Month and focusing on that consistency of, you know, letting them know about the different threats that they might see either now or in the future is really, really important. Sure. So you you mentioned before uh, that you do different things for your tech employees. Are you in charge of of all employees in, in cybersecurity awareness, or just the tech employees? And and depending on who you work with, do you do you train them differently if you're in an office environment versus if you're a retail associate and what they have to look out for? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I do do all employees. Um, so uh, everybody at corporate, everybody in stores, all contractors, all people in the warehouses, everybody. Wow, um, that, that's a lot. Off the top of your head, how many employees are we talking there? Uh, forty-five thousand plus. Wow. Um, so it, 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 there's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's but it's it's really important. And and like you said. Um, Everybody has different responsibilities. Like, for example, everybody doesn't necessarily have access to a computer, but there are different components of security in general. So just making sure that you are tailoring things. So we have our overall annual security awareness training that, you know, everybody touches, right? But in tech, for example, they have to take specific trainings because they deal with different things. Um, If we see something, a specific threat in finance or something, we might want to roll out targeted training to them. If we see something in marketing, we might want to roll out targeted training to them. So it it all depends on what specific area people are in. But at the same time, uh, you do want to have that blanket kind of high level training, but you do also want to drill down into into things uh, depending on uh, the threats you'll see in different areas. So what, what are some of the things that might fall into those blanket security awareness that everybody should know? Um, so phishing is one of the biggest things. Uh, one of the biggest things that we harp on, you know, if you see a specific email and something doesn't look right, um, make sure you're checking the link. Make sure you're checking the subject. Make sure you're checking who sends it. And there's a lot of things to look for specifically. Um, so just making sure that people understand uh, to look out for those key things. And if you see something and you have any type of red flag at all, just reach out. And, and ask, your, ask your IT team, ask your cybersecurity team, um, hey, is this okay? Hey, it's, it's always better to do that than to end up clicking on something and, and there's a vulnerability right there. So that's one specific thing, but they're all, they're all types of different things that, that we could be talking about. Yeah, there's, um, so obviously, how often do you send phishing tests, would you say, roughly? Obviously, you don't want to tip your hand. We do monthly. monthly. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, the ones that we get were at the RHS have really improved in, in quality. Uh, they're they're quite tricky, and and particularly if you're reading your email on mobile, uh, where you can't hover over a link, it's uh, it could be it could, you could it almost got me. It's never gotten me yet. Um, but we we actually have a member, and I'm not going to name names because because uh, we can't. That they're quite um, uh, draconian in, in their uh, in their um, security awareness training. In that if you Fall for a phishing um, exercise four times, you're fired. Uh, does does Dix do anything like that, or, or have any kind of penalties for those who fail? We do not have any policies like that in place. Um, I will say, uh, just backing up a little bit, this is one of 
it's, it might sound bad, but this is one of the most fun parts of my job. You know, I can, just be create, I can be creative. I can craft phishing emails. If I see specific phishing emails that come to me or I know things that are going on in the world, I can build something, you know, specific and send it out to people and the company and everything. Um, so that's, that's one, of the, one of the most fun parts of my job is doing that and creating the training and everything. And then when it comes to like discipline and everything, I think that really people are really hard on themselves when they realize that they've clicked on a phishing test. I I don't see too many. And like I said, I send them out to a whole bunch of people, so I don't necessarily look through every single name, but I don't see a lot of repeat offenders, uh, specifically where I am at my previous company. We didn't see like too many repeat offenders because you get you get bit that one time and you're checking every single time for it, right? So like you accidentally click on that link one time, you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna get fired. And that's what people think. And it's just like it's just like, no, I feel like that's that's a learning lesson for you. Um now if we get into the the okay, you're doing it over and over again, then maybe it's some some supplemental training and some targeted training for you, and then we can work like that. But haven't gotten to the discipline level of that yet. But it, it's always really interesting to hear people's different perspectives on those things. Right, right. So I guess that, that it's a good entree to the Security Awareness Working Group, talking about hearing different perspectives. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that group covers and, and how you can collaborate with uh, your fellow retailers in that group. It's it's really been great. Um, so I've been at Dick's for the last uh, year and a half about. And um, at my previous company, we weren't, we, you know, we didn't have anything like this. So I went to the summit last year and I went to the regional because they had a regional one here uh, where I'm located. And I went to both of those and that's where I could just, and it was my first time doing something like that. So I could interact with different professionals that were in my same realm and, and did what I do essentially. And it was really good to hear the different speakers that they had and interact with different people that are at other companies that do the same thing that I do. I talked about, you know, building building the Knowledge Hub and, and our SharePoint site right now. And we're trying to get that up and running. And, um, you know, it was one of the first things I did was reach out to the group and say, hey, does anybody have any experience in doing this? Have you done it before? And I had replies like, hey, I've done this before. You know, we can help you. Would you like to meet? And I've done it with many other things. Uh, and people are, are very, very eager to reach out and help. And it is so helpful for me because if I have no experience doing something, but it's something that you've done 500 times before, you know, of course, I'm going to lean on you to try to help me out if you're willing to help me out. So it's, it's been great. And vice versa. So Tell me a little bit more about this knowledge hub that you put together and, and what, what's in it and, and how it's shared. So um, what our goal for it is really is we, we want to have a central location where all teammates are, are able, that's what we call our, our employees' teammates, are, are able to get quick information about cybersecurity without the need to email us and, and wait for a response and stuff. So what it really entails is, is a lot of different things. We're going to have things in there like an, an FAQ page, uh, cybersecurity resources, uh, cybersecurity contacts, who to contact for what, uh, our policy standards and guidelines, and, and like an About Us page where it's kind of, you know, we have some, some pictures that we've taken as a group where you can kind of personalize the group that you work with. Because, you know, a lot of people think of, of IT as this whole, right, and, and people that you don't ever see. Um, and cybersecurity even in particular. So um, we've taken pictures and we kind of put them out there. And we did a video last year where we did like, what is cybersecurity? And we asked that question to, I think, four or five teammates. And um, it was a really, really nice production. And um, we just put it on the screens around, uh, around our customer support center. And we sent it out in our, on our intranet and, and via teammate communications and those kind of things. And um, we got a really good response to it. 
And it was also something where people could see us and like we're people. Like right. this is Personalized this is something. For them. Yeah, this is something, and and you don't have to be scared to reach out to us. You don't have to be scared if you click on something. Um, just learn from your mistakes, and and we'll be good. But I think that I think that that's one of the things that we're trying to do with this hub is is have people be able to come out there and come and get get information that you may need. Quick tidbits. Um, if you do need something and you don't know where it's at, you don't know where to go. We're gonna have that on there too. So I need this particular thing. I don't know where to go with it. It'll at least tell you who to contact to get some information. So I really think this is going to help us. And specifically, uh, we're going to roll it out in Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So this is this is one of our bigger undertakings where like, okay, first week of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, boom, we have this new thing. Everybody go to it. We're going to have information overload on there so that you guys can you guys can get anything you need and, and you can take in, you can see any past trainings. Um, you can see our video that I just talked about where it kind of shows us as, as people and stuff. So it's going to be a lot of great things on there and I'm really excited to get it up and running. That's terrific. So, um, so for your teammates that have access to a computer, obviously they'll get it uh, just through the internet, as you mentioned, SharePoint. What about those associates who aren't on a computer or just maybe do they get it on their phone or, or how would they... You know what? That's that's a bridge we haven't crossed yet. Um, so so I think it's, it's going to be interesting to try to get them involved. But I, I think that that's something that that we've been talking about that we're trying to figure out. Hey, because there are things specifically in the store that that are you know PCI stuff and all all these type type of things that you know those employees need to know too. So um, we do need to make sure that they have access to these kind of these kind of tools and stuff, so that if they see something or or if they have a question about something, they're able to just reach out to us and, and ask us these things. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really talk about some of the awareness efforts that are just specifically for an an in-store associate that's different than than a desk associate. Yeah, it's, it's it's very different because um like these days for example, um you have all these skimmers and and people people trying to take your credit card information just with you, you know, putting it in the in the uh card reader and stuff like that and it's really important to make sure that employees understand and and that 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 those kind of things can happen. And watch out for for people who may be, you know, fiddling around with the credit card reader or doing something just to make sure that they don't have that opportunity to do that, right? So they see different things than we see, and we see different things that they see. So it's always important. Like I said, we have that high-level training, but at the same time, we have these trainings targeted for specific groups that we want to we want to make sure that that we're covering all our bases um, because different groups are going to see different things. We might need to go a level deeper on certain things for certain groups. So a lot of social engineering and a lot of uh, physical security. It's kind of crossing the line over into the physical world, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. So uh, for our members who want more information about the, the knowledge hub that you put together, I'm sure that's part of the Security Awareness Working Group, and, and there's some materials from the meeting that you presented that as well. What else, is, uh, what else would you say is coming up once you launch this successful initiative next month? Uh, what else do you have coming in on the pipeline, would you say? So we're we're kind of doing it in phases. So so first we we you know we have a, a smaller launch currently right now that's just our cybersecurity team. So they can go in and see and they can you know let me know if they see something that they don't like. Let me know what content they might want to be added. You know, like I said, we have FAQs out there for different areas, that kind of thing. And then so uh, like I said, we want to do October for the the overall launch, and then we want to work to to do like those little different groups that I talked about. Do things for you know like a, a tech only space, right? 
and roll that out to tech. And so we want to make sure that this is built on a consistent basis. Uh, we talked about doing uh, a blog corner where we have different different areas in cybersecurity, our different employees write different blogs and, and maybe release one every month on the hub. Um, we want to make sure that we have as much engagement as possible on this and that the content stays fresh. I think that's one of the most important things in, in what we do just because things change so quickly. You have, you have so many things that change so quickly and, and that's what makes makes my job so interesting is, you know, I could run a phishing test uh, this month about something that's happening right now, and it could be totally irrelevant in a couple of months, right? It's really important for, for me and for a thing like the Hub and, and all of our teammates to stay, uh, stay up to date and current. And we want to make sure that the Hub is doing something like that, making sure that we keep current, fresh content out there and, and people are always able to access it. Yeah, it's always fascinating how current events are used by um, by uh, threat actors and phishing. Like when there was a couple of the banks uh, failed a couple months ago and, and they totally capitalized on that and sent people, you know, your bank might be failing, click here to log in or change your password. So, um, and of course, I can't bring, I can't, a, a segment of the uh, podcast doesn't go by where we don't talk about AI. These phishing attempts are getting much more sophisticated because of AI. Are you using that at all in your job? So we are currently, I am currently actually in the process of developing. Um, so we just, we just wrapped up our generative AI um, guideline document. So I'm in the process of developing a training for that. Um, so it should be completed within the, we, this is one of the things we want to roll out for Security Awareness Month too. So it should be completed uh, within the next month. Um, and then it's two to three minute video, uh, just something that we want to go out to our employees to say, hey, these are our guidelines around using generative AI. We're not saying, hey, don't use it. Um, but we're saying, hey, these are the guidelines. If you're going to use it, please follow these guidelines. Um, but it's a, it's a big thing right now. And we're, I think we're in the process of where we're trying to toe that line of saying, hey, no, you can't use it and letting you just go, you know, willy nilly and crazy and just using it for everything. Right. Right. Because you, you can't tell people they can't do something. They'll just do it on their own device. Exactly. And, exactly. But, but reminding them, making them aware, security aware of the information they're putting into it uh, is, is uh, really important. Well, you have a lot on your plate, so I'll let you get back to it uh, because there's just a couple of weeks left before Security Awareness Month. Jay Banks from Dick Sporting Goods, thank you so much for joining us on the RHI Sec podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. And now I'm joined once again by Christian Beckner, VP of Retail Technology and Cybersecurity at the National Retail Federation. Welcome back to the RHISAC podcast, Christian. Thanks, Luke. Good to be back. It's been a couple months since you joined us. The last time was when we announced the partnership between the NRF and the RHISAC, and that's been going great. We collaborated on some activities at the NRF Protect Conference earlier this year, and you'll be moderating a panel at our summit coming up later this year. Yeah, it was great to have uh, RHISAC at the NRF Protect event back in June, and, and we're looking forward to our participation in the RHISAC Summit um, next month. Excellent. So it's it's been a busy summer for all of us, but it's also been a pretty busy summer for the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. Yeah, so the SEC finalized its uh, rule for cybersecurity disclosure for publicly traded companies uh, last month. Uh, this is something we'd been expecting for over a year based upon the initial version that was released. And so they finalized it uh, in late July with some significant changes, but 
but some still significant work for publicly traded companies to have to work on over the next few months. So give us a little background. You said they finalized it, and I know that at some point, I can't remember exactly when, they had released some proposed rules. How does this process work, and, and what, did, what, what, what was the process for you guys? Sure. So there was a proposed rule issued in the spring of 2022. Uh, uh, several hundred entities, including NRF, commented on on that proposed rule, provided feedback in terms of you know what its practicability and, and different issues related to you know different legal issues. So you know based upon the feedback they received from from different entities and also from different government agencies that were affected by this, they they came out with their their final version of the rule, which. Uh, made some significant changes to what was in that in terms of, you know, and we think in a positive way in terms of what is actually sort of practical and feasible for implementation. So what do the finalized rules say and how will that affect uh, CISOs and other cybersecurity professionals at, at publicly traded companies? So the, the final rule has uh, key requirements for publicly traded companies in three areas. First, it has requirements for disclosure of material incidents, uh, it requires companies to disclose, uh, define material incidents for cybersecurity, and then report those within uh, 96 hours. Uh, so that creates a lot of new work that companies will need to do to be able to sort of determine materiality of a cybersecurity incident and then have that mechanism to report it. There are some exceptions in place for uh, when there's an ongoing investigation. The Department of Justice can request that uh, that these disclosures be delayed. Uh, so. That was a new element to what, compared with what was in the final rule, but you know that is a you know significant thing that, that companies are going to have to to work on over the next few months as this goes into effect. Um, and I should add that the deadlines for all these new requirements are in, are in December of this year, so uh, a pretty short time frame for companies to address. Yeah. So, is are there any guidelines for defining what materiality is, uh, either from past incidents or past SEC rules? Uh, yeah, there's some history there. Um, uh, and without going into too much detail on it, uh, companies have already been required to sort of make you know disclosures of material incidents in in a less timely manner. Um, so it's not necessarily a new process; it just sort of accelerates the process by which companies are going to have to make these types of disclosures to the SEC. So the the second area um, you know that, that the rule covers is sort of uh, cybersecurity risk management. Within the company, there there are a number of requirements in the final rule for disclosing your cybersecurity risk management practices in your annual report, providing sort of guidance on how you're working with third parties, um, the the steps you're using to assess your 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 internal cyber risk management practices. So there there's some elements of what was in the initial rule that it were were sort of taken out that where some of the things were less practical in terms of being able actually to implement this, but that. There's still some significant requirements there for for companies to address, and then the third issue is around um, cyber risk governance. So the you know there are requirements for you know boards of directors to be more cognizant of cybersecurity risk. Uh, the initial version had a requirement that that uh, board members would have to have specific expertise around cybersecurity. Uh, that was changed to require that expertise to be in in terms of management of cybersecurity, but uh, within the management team uh, of the companies, but so there is now not a requirement for the board itself to have that expertise, but there there still is a clear direction that you know boards need to be exercising you know oversight of cybersecurity risk and be more more, more cognizant of those sets of issues. So so how is that governed and reported to the SEC? Yeah, so that needs to be reported in annual reports. Uh, 
on a sort of a recurring basis by companies. It's not a, you know, you can look at this in sort of two two aspects. The, the instant disclosure requirements are ongoing. Those needs those need to be reported, you know, as incidents happen. Um, but the the other requirements related to cybersecurity risk management and governance are requirements mainly for the annual reports that companies file uh, with the SEC. Okay, so that that the burden there is mostly then on the folks who normally deal with the SEC, like corporate secretaries and things like that. Yeah, but it, you're going to need to, you know, the CISOs and others on the cybersecurity team will need to be providing support to to the people in the, on the in the finance function or in the legal function who are preparing those reports, and you know, just even the the the, the request for information will compel. CISOs or other cybersecurity leaders to sort of have more work in terms of around metrics, more work around sort of just managing and tracking performance uh, as the, as they're working on these issues. Have you gotten any feedback from the, some of the retailers that you work with on some of these new rules, and uh, particularly obviously from the CISOs, but but from any at any level, the companies? Uh, not too much feedback yet. I mean, I think. You know, people have been realistic that this is something that they're going to have to work on and, and known about it for a while. So I think some companies have already been preparing. I think the, you know, I, I, then I think we'll see, you know, some good discussions over the next few months as the deadlines go in place, um, you know, including at the uh, discussion we'll have at the RHISAC Summit. Right. So, so you said the deadline to implement these things is December. So that's not a lot of time, even though it seems like it's a lot of time, uh, three months away. But, but what, do you have any guidance for, for companies that, in order to put these things together? Yeah, I mean, I think there are you know, a number of sort of consulting firms and, and law firms that have put out you know, guidance and recommendations around this. So there's a lot of you know, good public information out there. I think companies that have you know, should be talking to their auditors, talking to their outside counsel that they use for cybersecurity and, and getting their direct guidance on this. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, through forums like the RHISAC and NRF and our IT Security Council, there's a good opportunity for companies to, you know, sort of have that conversation about, you know, benchmarking what you're doing and, and sort of sharing best practices that companies are, are addressing and, and preparing to address this. And I imagine you'll touch on this topic uh, at you know, the panel you're moderating at the summit as well. Yep, we will. In about a month, so maybe you'll maybe we'll be at one month uh, further along in in the process. Um, what what was the NRF's uh, role in in this? I know that you were you were soliciting feedback uh, when the SEC released their initial version of things and were soliciting comments. Uh, but typically, when when something like this comes down, either from a rulemaker or a lawmaker, what does what does the NRF do? Pretty typical as a trade association that we file, you know, comments on on things like this and and provide our, our guidance. A lot of times that's based upon member input. The comments that we filed uh, in response to the initial version of this rule we were based upon uh, input that we received from a number of members who who discussed this. So you know, so that's a typical thing we do for you know rulemaking in a variety of areas, um, you know, across the board. And were were you pleased with the changes they made, uh, either personally or as an entity? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we have an official position on this, but in terms of just looking at sort of, you know, looking at this as a, you know, somebody who understands sort of cybersecurity practitioners and, and their, you know, the issues that they work through, I think this definitely re- reduces the burden on, you know, on, on companies and from a compliance standpoint uh, and focuses around sort of the higher risk things that they need to do. Some of the things that they took out were, 
it was unclear sort of what the benefit of this would be either for the SEC or, or for cybersecurity risk management generally. So I think, you know, from a directional standpoint, this is moving towards something that can be implemented, you know, more effectively and efficiently, um, you know, and sort of and will satisfy the the objectives that the SEC has had in, in moving forward with this in terms of protecting shareholders and and their other their other sort of you know ongoing concerns. Excellent. So, uh, looking ahead, um, can you tell us anything else that might be bubbling up from either the SEC or, or Congress or, or any any place else in the government? So, th- there is quite a bit going on now on you know cybersecurity policy generally. You had the National Cybersecurity Strategy, which was uh, issued in the spring, uh, and then you know a couple months ago, the implementation plan for that cybersecurity strategy was issued. So, you know, coming out of this, you now have a number of sort of follow-on initiatives by the Office of the National Cyber Director at the White House um, and by the National Security Council staff. Um, for example, you saw the National Cyber Workforce Strategy was released in, in you know, last month. You had the, the final rule related to IoT security for consumer devices um, be issued. So definitely a lot of sort of ongoing, you know, sort of activity related to cybersecurity best practices. Uh, you have a big... Emphasis on sort of secure by design within CISA right now. So just you know, a lot of a lot of ongoing efforts, um, you know, that we'll continue to track and continue to you know provide sort of guidance on. Well, Christian Beckner, VP at uh, the NRF in charge of uh, cybersecurity and other technology. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on the RHI Psych Podcast again. Thanks, Luke, and look forward to seeing you in uh, Dallas next month. Thank you to both of my guests, Christian Beckner, Vice President of Retail Technology and Cybersecurity at the National Retail Federation, and Jay Banks, Senior Information Security Analyst for IT Risk and Compliance at Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, Jay is an active member of the RHISAC Security Awareness Working Group, which is one of about 20 active working and collaboration groups the RHISAC hosts for its members, ranging in topics from fraud to operational technology to identity and access management to third-party risk management. RHISEC members can add as many of their team members to as many of these working groups as they need to to do their jobs better. Keep that in mind and let our member engagement team know when you need someone added. I also want to point out that, as I mentioned, Christian is moderating a panel at our upcoming Cybersecurity Summit in Dallas next month, which really is turning into the Don't Miss event of the fall. Christian's fellow speakers include Deneen DeFiore, VP and CISO of United Airlines, White Hat hacker Karen Elizari, Lowe's VP and CISO Mark Varner, Check out the whole list of speakers and the agenda at summit.rhisac.org. And don't wait, register today. Summit, the Emerging Tech Showcase, the CISO Roundtable, the Dinners and Dialogue, a lot of events coming up. I hope we can see you in person at at least one of them coming soon. However, if you prefer to stay hidden behind your keyboard, that's fine too. Shoot us an email at podcast.rhisac.org. Or if you want to discuss anything you've heard today, or if you have an idea for a podcast segment, or even if you want to be on it yourself. As always, thank you to the production team who tried their hardest to make us sound good. For the RHISAC, that's Andy Chambliss and Marisa Trashinecki. And from N2K Networks, formerly known as the Cyberwire, that's Trey Hester, Jennifer Iben, and Elliot Peltzman. Thanks as always for listening, and stay safe out there. Stay safe out there.